Infinite Scope is an organization that is dedicated to serving the community locally, nationally, and internationally. We do this through connecting people to resources by providing educational and leadership training, as well as meeting the need through tools and skills within our organization. We serve individuals. However, what makes us unique is that our goal is to serve other nonprofit organizations as well. We believe that serving our world should not be limited by minimum or maximum requirements, but should be done through the lens of serving all. There are infinite solutions for community needs. The goal of our podcast is to connect people with other like-minded individuals who are doing the work in various ways to impact the world around them. Join us as we talk with some amazing servant leaders who will also teach you how they impact others. Good afternoon, everybody. We are here today uh, with a very good friend of mine. Uh, I, um, at the time of this uh, recording, I currently serve on their actual uh, board of directors. Um, we have Alicia Childers. Oh, actually, it's different now, isn't it? Um, nope. last, that's, that is the correct one. Okay. Okay. I, I was like, okay, yeah. Like, I, I didn't want to say the maiden last name. Um, but yes, we have Alicia Childers with us, and she is the amazing executive director uh, for the Children's Council here in Watauga County. Um, and I'm going to allow her to just introduce herself. Uh, and so what I would like for her to just tell us, uh, tell our listeners who you are, the company you represent, and a little bit um, before we get started. So my name is Alicia Childers, and I'm the executive director of the Children's Council of Watauga County, as Anthony mentioned. And I'm fairly new here. I'm coming up on my second year on June 3rd. I moved to this community um, from another community in Western North Carolina, Hendersonville, North Carolina, where I was the executive director of a similar organization. So I've come to Boone and I'm doing um, still similar work with a, with a similar mission, helping um, children and families while children are in early childhood, which I think we're going to talk some about today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy to be here and I'm super happy to have met Anthony. So when I came in, um, two years ago, you happened to be our board chair. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the special things that stood out to me about you is how um, how well you took care of me as the incoming director and how well you took care of um, the staff member who had been serving as the interim director. And also the former executive director is still on the staff. And of all the board members, you were the one that was checking in, like with the heart check-in. Like, are you okay? Are you doing fine? Are you coming along fine? And not to say that others weren't checking in, they definitely were in a different way and for different purposes, um, more, more about the job, I guess. But you know how to take care of people and relationships are important to you. And relationships are the key to the success of the children's council and they mean so much and that's what you took care of us (laughs) you took care of our hearts and then and then right after i came in uh within a month we were transitioning to a new board chair and you took care of her too because we got to go have some lunches together and you were you did a good job helping her step into your shoes and and um and you didn't leave us high and dry you you hung around on our executive committee and you stayed there with us to make those transitions smooth. So that is something I appreciate about you. 
And it very much speaks to the culture of this organization. And so it's great when you have that at the leadership level. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, I didn't expect that at all. And I'm, <laughs> I'm over here. Uh, although we're recording this on Zoom, uh, and uh, so y'all, y'all won't be able to, see, y'all are hearing it, but y'all won't be able to see it. But I'm like, I'm probably blushing as much as I can, and I'm oh. <laughs> uh, I'm thankful uh, for the kind words, and I'm I'm thankful for the Children's Council and everything that it stands for, and I believe in it, and I will even when the time comes that I step off the board, I will be a continued supporter of the organization because I just I love what you all do, um, which leads me into my first question is. You know, I, I love what you all do, um, but what was your motivation uh, that got you involved to, with the Birth to K field? Sure. Well, um, I guess it was an interest without me even knowing it was an interest. So when I was back in the day, when I was in college, <laughs> I was in college in the late 80s, early 90s. So I'm dating myself. But when I was in college, I was a psychology major. And somewhere along the way, in the course of that study, I took my first child development class and it clicked. It was, it was, this is it, you know? And um, so I did my degree with a focus or minor in child development and family relations. And um, just, you know, from, from that age on kind of, kind of knew this was my interest. Brain development was my interest. People have always been my interest. <laughs> I make up, and so um, I finished my degree. And um, you know, you come out with something like a psychology degree. I wasn't going to be a psychologist. I wasn't. You know, I knew. Um, I did know that. I wasn't a hundred percent sure at that young age what I was going to do. But um, the Lord blessed me and led me down that path that I ended up in an early childhood career. Now, I never was a teacher in the classroom. A lot of my colleagues taught in a early childhood or childcare classroom, and I actually didn't come with that experience. Mm. Um, my experience more matched. I had, I was, uh, mine was more on the nonprofit management side and doing some grant writing and fundraising for, for folks. And I landed at, this other organization that I mentioned before in the other community and learned their mission and thought, this is me. I mean, it spoke to my heart. And um, I came on with them as a grant writer and started really learning, like real life learning, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit than textbook college learning, right? Yes. But real life learning, the impact that early childhood could have and really understood that when we can work with folks early, when we can um, support a baby, even from day one, <laughs> um, we can prevent a lot of things that happen. And so, as I mentioned, I had been in that grant writing world and I was successful as a grant writer and I was always trying to solve problems, solve problems, solve problems, right? Every grant's mm -hmm. about something yeah. and early childhood gives you the opportunity for prevention it gives you the mm -hmm. opportunity to mm -hmm. that you i think the term is getting more and more common now go upstream instead of having to rescue all the people out of the water out of the floodwaters mm -hmm. let's go upstream and see what's causing the the problem what's causing the rapids and what's causing all these people to fall in and get in trouble mm -hmm. and that's what early childhood allows you to do it allows you to start at the beginning 
and um, wrap a child. And when you're, when you're working with a child from the beginning, it means you're working with that family, a whole family. Um, what can we prevent down the long, down the long road? And, and so research started to follow, of course, we know, even from, um, you know, the, um, the Federal Reserve even has just a, a big body of research that shows the return on investment when we start early in a child's life, the amount of money that we can save in the long haul from things like special education or prison reform or um, not to say that you would ever have to do those things, but, mm. but, but when you can intervene early and there are the longitudinal studies that, that show it, we spend a lot less money on things like welfare and and uh, you know educational remediation and and prison and you know yeah. drug abuse things all the things that we're trying to fix down here yeah. and so you know that's kept me that's just kept me focused and engaged all these years it's a lot of years <laughs> I've already dated myself but I've been in this field for a long time and and it's uh, you know, I, I'm more and more committed to it every day because I understand this This is where the power lies right now to impact a human's life. And I think we're doing it. Yeah, that's that's good. I I, I really enjoy it. That, that is one of the thought processes uh, behind Infinite Scope, the prevention piece. It's yeah. not just about... Um, of course, we want to be able to help people who are in need right then. But what are the ways that we can help prevent something, right? Um, uh, I think I think us as a world, we're very reactionary, um, and and so a lot of times we don't worry about an issue until it's yeah, until we have to, right? Um, and and then it's like it's just this overwhelming feeling, and then we have a sense of defeat, and then we don't really help the people that we want to help. Right. Um, right. It's so much harder when it gets to the crisis point and where it, where it gets to the point where you have to act versus if you had, you yeah. know, been a little more proactive. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 it, and it's interesting because although there's a ton of research, right, like you said, around, around doing that early prevention for that, for that age group, it's still, um, pretty hard for people to recognize early childhood education as education, yeah. right? That right. is, that is, that is a continual hurdle um, that, that people go through. Let's, can you speak to uh, some people about that? Like, and how that, the differing thoughts of birth decay and how daycare education and what that looks like. Yeah. Well, learning begins at birth. I mean, we know that our brains are developing in utero <laughs> mm -hmm. and the moment a baby's born, those uh, neural pathways are forming like, like a billion a second. I mean, it's, it's fast and those connections that get used will develop and those that don't will go away. There's a, a quick window of time when a baby between the birth and age three, it's when um, our brains are growing at their most rapid rate. And so, um, in that window of time, that foundation for all of our future learning and development is laid. Mm -hmm. And so um, it is most dependent on the baby's relationship with the adults in his and her life. Mm -hmm. And so um, we want those relationships to be strong. 
Mm. So, um, and good and positive so that that baby is developing um, on track and in all the, the great ways that it should be. And so uh, knowing that, we know that, that that period of time is critical. So learning begins at birth and, you know, it all feeds into a child being ready for kindergarten. Um, I've seen research that shows, you know, the child's experience in kindergarten will um, shape their perception of school. <laughs> um, moving forward. And so we are hopeful that with good, strong early childhood investments, kids are ready to go <laughs> when kindergarten starts and um, that that learning experience and that trajectory just keeps going um, all through, you know, all the way till they graduate and are ready for work or college or whatever, you know, their future holds. And so, but it starts, it starts literally on day one <laughs> mm -hmm. um, with the interactions between moms and babies and dads yes. and babies. Yeah. With the, yeah. who are taking care of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, and it's interesting because I've, um, I've learned even more um, watching uh, Marie do some of the things that she does with teen moms. Right. right? And, and seeing, how important early childhood education really is because it's like just something as simple as putting shapes in a, a, a little container for the kid to dig in and pull out really teaches fine motor skills. It teaches them how to feel and discover and it, it, it keeps their uh, creativity going. And, and I'm just wild at how much the environment that they, it's their environment that they learn from. Right. Um, and there's a difference between the baby who's given a toy and is putting those blocks in and silence mm -hmm. and one who has a caregiver who's talking through it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a circle. Can you find the shape that fits that? Will that go in? Will this one go in here? It's just talking, you yes. know, through the process. Um, while the baby may or may not be, old enough to respond uh, back, like maybe your adult friend would, um, or your older child would, they're hearing that and they're learning from you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, you, you mentioned Marie, your wonderful wife. She's a rock star parent educator. She, her work is with teen parents mm -hmm. um, with our organization and, and she's doing that. She's helping um, teen parents or teen moms and dads learn um, how to help their baby develop. She's helping them gain parenting skills and uh, learn about, okay, your baby's six months old and this is what's happening in the baby's development. And this is how you can help um, the baby during this time of development and teaching them how to play with their baby or how to read to their baby or just, mm -hmm. just the things that, um, aren't always intuitive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're not always intuitive. <laughs> no, it's so. not. Hey, if you are loving what you are hearing, don't forget to follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Infinite Scope, and on IG at Infinite Scope. Now let's jump back into conversation with Anthony Bromfield. And that that is what I love about the Children's Council. Oh. Is because it's we, we were kind of talking about it a little earlier before we started the um podcast is that you care about the whole family yeah not just the kids and, and and the importance of showing the parents how to be there and how to be healthy parents right and it, it and, and when you think about 
and, and, and you have parenting classes and that stuff as well, but also with the teen parents, what I think is so beautiful about it is that when they, when a teen has a kid nine times, well, I'm not gonna say nine times, many times, uh, the family is, uh, not as supportive as needed. Um, or their environment is not as supportive and they've, they've been told that it, how big of a mistake it is, there's depression, there's all these things that they have to deal with. And then they, and then on top of that, they have a baby that they are just learning how to care for themselves. And there's this sense of defeat that happens. Um, and, and the fact that the investment in the teen parents and letting them know that the feelings you are having are normal, grown adults <laughs> with kids have the same feelings, um, but here are tools to help you and know that just because your baby is crying, it doesn't mean you're a bad parent. And just the, the, just those small investments in those teens can help make sure that the, the teens will hopefully matriculate still through school, will be able to find jobs, and will be able to help their child not repeat the cycle of having a, uh, having a, a baby at a young age um, and be able to just continue to be a teen, be a kid, be a kid and grow up. And so it's, it's just, but you never think about that. Right. You never think about like, because, because our, because society has um, painted this picture of, Hey, you had a kid at a young age, you're a detriment to society. Instead of saying you, you've had a kid, how can we love on you? How can we care for you? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because because we all <laughs> want this new baby to have a better life. And the, even the teen parents, they, you know, they want, all parents want their children to have a better life, right? Yes. But if you didn't have that model, you don't know how to create that, you mm -hmm. know? And so that's, that's what Marie and our other parent educators can help do is just sort of create that model and provide that support um, so that when they're feeling frustrated or when they don't know what to do because the baby's crying or the baby's, biting his friends at school, <laughs> you know, whatever it may be, um, that, that we can help them through those parenting situations. Cause even I, I mean, it, you know, even having a child development background, um, you know, I could ace a test all day long, but when I had my real life baby, I, was, I <laughs> books be gone. I mean, you know, like, what do I do? You know? And, um, so I had questions too, and I'm, I was fortunate enough to have a supportive family and a peer network where I could get the answers I needed, but everybody's not that fortunate. And mm -hmm. that's, and, and that's what we're here is to, to form a network of support for folks yeah. um, to help them. Yeah. I, and, we I mistakes and we all, you know, but we, yes. we can, we can support each other and help each other do a better job. Yes. I, I told one of our close friends, um, who recently had a baby, I said, uh, no matter what anybody tells you, no matter what book that you try to read or anything like that, the, the manual on parenting is being, being written every day by you, by you. Yes. by you for your kids, because there's no manual that can tell you how to raise your kids. They can give you concepts, right? And we can, we can do that. We can give you advice but your kid is going to be unique to the situation. And so that manual, I'm, I'm still, I'm still writing it, you know, with, with oh. my children, my, my mom, 
as a parent to an adult who has kids is still writing the manual of how to parent me now because parenting doesn't stop just because your child turns 18 right um and just because because your child gets married it, it doesn't stop you're still a parent because you're steady living a life that they haven't experienced yet yes so right um so so what what other programs that you all have that that focus on parents or focus on the family that people that would be good for people to know yeah well i'm gonna go back because we were just talking about that that kind of learning continuum and mm-hmm. um, how education begins at birth and and mm-hmm. i want to give an illustration and and i'll talk then about some of our so one of the other programs that we offer is on um at the children's council is a dual language preschool mm-hmm. so okay again i've told you what my background is and we have this amazing cl- teacher for the classroom we have 10 students um five who are uh, from primarily spanish-speaking homes and five from english-speaking homes and they are three and four-year-olds and uh, they're right down the hall, which is the joy of my day to hear their little voices. <laughs> and so uh, the other day, uh, their teacher needed to, um, I don't know, she needed to do, maybe she needed to get to the, to the ladies room, I'm not sure, but I stepped into the classroom for her and uh, to just kind of keep my eyes, the kids were playing at their different centers and at their di- different stations. So I sat down at a little table with a group of little girls who were doing um, arts and crafts and, uh, we were gluing googly eyes on our popsicle sticks and had glitter galore and all the things that little ones love to do. We were we were gluing and sticking and talking and um, uh, there was a therapist in the room doing some speech therapy with a child and we had a group of kids over with blocks. But I had uh, probably about four kids right beside our table that had those big, you know, the big cardboard brick looking blocks and they were just going to town. And I'm trying to pay attention to everybody and talk to these guys and talk to the girls at the table with me and talk to this group of kids beside me. And, uh, you know, I'm looking over and I'm saying things like, wow, what a, you know, you're working so well together and gosh, look how tall, tall your tower is and making positive comments, encouraging comments, absolutely nothing wrong in the world with that and i'm encouraging the kids their teacher walked in and they were they were very proud they had built a very tall tower their teacher walked in and they got her and they were like uh look at our tower look at you know and um she said here's the difference i remember i was talking about the baby with the with the toy the difference an adult she says tell me how you got it so high and they proceeded at the age of three and four to talk to her about they had built a foundation i was dumbfounded i'm like the three and four year olds are talking about foundations she had obviously taught that somewhere along the way these children remembered that lesson and they built a foundation so that their tower could be higher there was absolutely nothing wrong with my comments of great job and you're working so well together and look how tall it is. Those were all fine. Those were all normal, but there was a difference in that education and in knowing to ask that question and the children were fully capable of answering it. Yes. They, you know, <laughs> and um, that is, it's just what we're trying to do, not only in our, in our um, early education or childcare centers, 
the professionals that are working with children in the classroom, but also for moms and dads at home that we're that we're giving them those skills of parenting. There doesn't mean there's anything wrong in the world with them as a parent. They may be fantastic parents. I was a fantastic parent, but to have someone from the outside come in and maybe teach me little ways I could tweak to better help my children, we all need that. Yes. And so <laughs> all of our programs are available to, to all parents. Um, uh, some are for more specialized groups, like uh, the Adolescent Parenting Program, of course, is for teen parents. Mm -hmm. But we offer an array of parenting programs from kind of more intensive home visiting programs. And, and Maurice is a home visiting program. So she, in non-COVID times, is going into a family's home. So she gets to see their whole environment. And so she's there to talk about this baby and this baby's development and helping with parenting skills. But she's also looking, does this family have enough food in their cupboards? Um, our mom and dad, somebody lost a job. Um, do they need some, some other kind of support? You know, because you can't really focus on child development if you're worried about your power being turned off or um, the baby's dad has lost a job and he can't you know help me get diapers this month you know things like that that are real life program pr problems that take our attention they elevate our stress and we know in high stress homes that it actually negatively impacts the child's development and um so we're just trying to get in there and mitigate those problems and yes. Um, help the families access resources um, when they need to, but also just help them develop as parents, help them develop skills. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing Marie has to do with this population is like, so how are we doing in school? And did you do well on that test? You know, you've kind of got two kids, you've got a teenager and a baby. And so she's, she's balancing a lot of that. Now, you know, we also have um, we have a new program in our community and we're also just received funding to advance in our surrounding communities. The Family Connects program where every time a baby is born in our county, we get to welcome this new baby and and we can offer the um, parents a a series of nurse visits. So we have some trained nurses that are ready to go. And again, when it's a little bit Right now we're doing these virtually telehealth visits, but eventually they'll be in the home. A trained nurse will go check up on baby, you know, and this is done in collaboration with the hospital and the OBGYN and the pediatrics and the health department and, you know, um, our agency as well. And so when those nurses are working with a family and they see a family who might need a little bit more um support after their visits are over they can refer them to to us for other parenting support they can refer them to us anyway because we're there for everybody yeah so we have um our home visiting programs we also have um like uh programs you can sign up for that you come every week like a series a class series so we have um, a class series called the incredible years for uh, parents of children who are preschool age and parents who have school age children. And, and this is ideally for parents who, um, whose child maybe is having some behavioral challenges and it's to just give them those kind of the parenting skills that they need to sort of get through that, navigate that time. And um, we have parents that take the class two and three times. They are, they learn so much and they uh, they have homework to practice every week and you know whenever you're learning something new you can only take in so much and that's why some parents choose to take it a couple of times maybe because they have younger kids coming up but maybe because okay 
at that particular time, I was working on that issue and that's what I focused on. But now I need to, you know, put into practice some of these other things that we were learning. And so, um, and, and we love that program because when, when we're doing it virtually right now, but when we can have it in person, we have the families on site. We have a children's program that meets with the kids. Well, first of all, we gather everybody and we have a big family dinner. We feed everybody. That's a free part of the program. Yeah. We're lucky that our funder supports that. And then the children have a, a children's time and then we have the class for the parents. And by the end of the 14 weeks, they are so bonded. The parents have new friends. They don't wanna leave each other and typically stay connected as as a group of peers that are co, you know kind of co-parenting together it's a it's a neat thing we have several support groups i mean we have support groups for new parents and expectant moms and just parents in general <laughs> um that uh, on a variety of different things we have a diaper bank we have given out over eighty-five thousand diapers during covid wipes and formula and um, we also have a resource library so you had a, a three-year-old and you could come in and check out one of our three-year-old kits and um, have some educational curriculum and toys and, and books that you could borrow in your house for a few weeks and then bring it back just like the library and then get something new. And that's a, that's a nice resource if you've got, um, you know, if you don't have a lot of space uh, where you live or, or resources to have, um, toys and that kind of thing it allows like that fresh cycling <laughs> of, yes. of educational toys and books and that sort of thing so we do the several early early literacy programs uh the dolly parton imagination library of course as well as something called raising a reader so uh this is a backpack program where children yeah. in our local care centers take home a backpack of books and we do parent training along with that to teach parents how to read now, any any reading to a child is fine. There's not. I mean, even if you have, we have sometimes we have Spanish speaking parents who are hesitant to read to their children because they're wanting their children to learn English. It doesn't matter. Even if you just don't, if you can't read the language, if you're just talking about the picture, that's mm. that's doing what it needs to do. But um, you can read to your child with the with the goal of helping them to to develop some of those pre literacy skills, and we do teach that. Cool. And, um, so that's it. It's a range. I mean, there's, yes. there's, yeah, I mean, it's the one-on-one -on -one. Anthony, yes. if your two-year-old is biting everybody in their classroom and you're just have done everything you know to do, you could call the children's council and say, my two-year-old's biting everybody in the classroom. What do I do? Yeah. And Miss Jeannie or one of our other staff is going to be able to say, here are some strategies you can try. And so we do that kind of one-on-one, -on -one, um, parenting support on any kind of issue you can imagine yeah kind of like a hotline <laughs> yes yes and that and um that is one of the reasons why um i really wanted to interview you for the podcast right because when you hear the children's council it seems like it's just one thing yeah. but when you when you learn about the children's council you see how what you all do from the programs from the people from the care how big of an impact you really have on our community as a whole yeah. um and i really think it's important that we connect people to you um even if they don't have kids uh there are people out there that are looking mm -hmm. to uh looking for places that they can give to that they can serve they can 
help or whatever, whatever, whatever terms that they want to use. And I, and I just think it's important to connect people to that. Um, yeah. What ways can we, how can somebody near that's right in the town or far away, how can they support the Children's Council? Oh, that's wonderful. So um, just first of all, talking about connections, there is not a day at the Children's Council where a significant part of our work isn't about um, connecting the families we serve to resources that they need that may have nothing to do with our agency. Um, it could be housing, it could be a car breakdown, it could be um, a spouse who's lost a job and somebody needs a job. It, 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 all kinds of things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sometimes they need a, a money intervention and sometimes they don't, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, a, a child with a special needs that needs a certain type of counseling. Um, we had a, a mom who needed us some specialized maternity care and didn't have transportation. She had to go to Asheville, which is two hours away to get that care. And we got her there, you know, it, anything you can imagine. It's it helped a teenager get a root, an emergency root canal. I mean, it's just um, a variety of, of things. Again, our primary purpose is to center around the child, but you cannot help a child that young without helping the whole family system. And so that donations from our community um, of, of time, of services, of money are what, what give us that flexibility to do that. So we can write a grant all day long. We can secure a state contract all day long. That is very restricted funding that says you can spend this on X, Y, and Z. But our families might need A, B, and C <laughs> for X, Y, and Z to work, right? <laughs> so uh, I, I use the, I think I've used this analogy with you that sometimes the funder says you can buy red crayons and green crayons, but sometimes our family really needs that yellow crayon. And so I say these unrestricted funds are are what give us the flexibility to to say, okay, we've got these great services secured for you, but you're really needing this thing, so let's let's get that, let's get that, so we can really have the best impact and that just comes through unrestricted donations to the organization anyone can go to our website um, the children's council that putting that the there is very important thechildrenscouncil.org and make a donation right there on our website that's the easiest way um, you can take a look and see what we do um, you can always call the center and talk to me or, or any of the staff it's 828 262-5424. I'm extension 206, but any of us can help you um, if you just kind of want to talk through someone about things. Um, but those are the best ways to get in touch with us. We also have, um, a, we, are all, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Great way to learn about what we're doing is by following us on Facebook and Instagram or just checking out our sites there. We currently have, and I don't know when this podcast will air, so this might be old news by then, but we currently have um, a Marvelous Moms giving campaign going on around Mother's Day, and we'll be having a Fabulous Father's campaign going on around Father's Day. And if you hit our social media, you'll see, you know, all of that. But even though the campaign dates may be over, um, giving is the same any time of the year. <laughs> and we definitely appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and a lot of that information I'll, I'll have in the about 
section for anybody that's uh, wanting to donate and give and just be able to click a link and get there. Uh, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to give. And don't think uh, any amount is too small. Um, don't don't stray away. If you have an extra five dollars, that extra five dollars can do a tremendous amount of work for for a small kid. And so we're we're really asking you to be a part, be partner with them, be a partner not just with the children's council, but you're partnering with families. Um, if if you want to look at the bigger picture, you're partnering with families and. So anything that you can be able to give will be great. Uh, I want to thank you, Alicia, uh, for being a part, uh, for coming on and speaking with me and sharing this great information. Uh, as always, I enjoy our conversations. Um, I remember sitting on the interview um, <laughs> to, to hire you, and I knew you were the one. Um, and so I'm just grateful to, uh, to, to know you, not just uh, within the organization but to be able to call you friend um so so thank you once again um and we look forward to seeing what the children's council does as time goes absolutely thank you for thinking of me for this and for talking to me today and wanting to learn more about the children's council or, or you didn't need to learn more wanting to share <laughs> the children's council with others i appreciate that yes thank you We hope that we have connected you to a new resource, a new way of thinking, or simply encouraged you. As we continue to prepare to serve those around us, we ask that you partner with us. You can do this financially or coming along and volunteering in other capacities. If you are interested in partnering with us, please email anthony at infinitescope.org. Remember, follow the highway and you'll probably arrive at a destination. Follow your heart, and you may leave a trail. In service and solidarity, I am Anthony Brumfield. Thank you for listening.